Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. Welcome back to the Canadian Investor. I'm joined by my co-host, Braden Dennis. So we're here to uh, talk to you about a bit more of what's going on in the markets today. We'll talk about Air Canada. We'll also talk about the S&P 500 versus total U.S. market uh, index funds. And we'll finish with our tip of the day. Hey, Braden, how's it going? It's going, man. It's uh, what, day eight in uh, self-isolation or social distancing? And I'm already feeling like... Tom Hanks cast away, man. Like, I cannot grow any facial hair. Like, it's actually really, really sad. Um, but I'm looking at myself, man. I'm like, hey, this this could be something, you know. This could be this could be the start of some facial hair for me because I don't have to impress anyone right now. <laughs> How are you, man? Yeah, I was good. <laughs> I'm good. I was gonna say, it looks like you hasn't you haven't showered in like uh, ten days or Dude, something. Dude, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I just showered today. I I am clean. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, like uh, I need to seriously mix in some self care, man. I'm just working a lot. I'm using this as an opportunity to uh, to just grind, man. I mean, this this is just a complete side note. But people who are looking for that side hustle that they've wanted to do, I mean, this was always a side hustle for me. Stratosphere investing has always been a side hustle for me. And it's now a very good business. So this could be your time to pick something up. That's just my hot take. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if people are looking for a side hustle or just, you know, a main source of income, if they've been affected uh, with their job with the coronavirus, I know like just an idea outside the box. If uh, people are good at customer service, I know Amazon is one of the few places that's currently hiring right now. And I know they have a lot of customer service, I think reps that do work from home so that is uh, an option for people but if people are willing to get creative there are some options out there how about this okay if you email me braden at stratosphereinvesting.com and you are passionate about self-directed investing send me an email because i always need help writing articles simon helped me out this week he's uh he's getting in the game i need i need help guys seriously send me a message we can figure something out but uh let's 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 talk about let's talk about our canada i'll let you take the floor on this one first uh there's lots to talk about with air canada yeah so air canada um well we're we're to start i guess obviously everyone knows them it's an airline company uh the biggest one in canada um i've actually had the question from two of my buddies i know we had the listener question as well and Braden can do a shout out when it's colin uh, his turn to... colin thanks for the email <laughs> okay, there buddy. You go. And uh, so thank you, Colin, as well. So I think looking at Air Canada, it's hard to not uh, look at it and think it might be a good value play. Um, just looking, I think the recent highs were as in the 50s, just looking at it, 52, I think, dollars. 51.08, um, I think, if I'm seeing this correctly, is the peak. 
Okay, and then we have uh, right now today it's at twelve seventy. Um, so there's a lot of good reasons for that. Obviously, the airline industry has been completely hit. Um, whether it's Canada, U.S., worldwide, just a travel industry in general. So there's definitely a good reason for that. Um, so my first take on that is buyer beware. I would say um, we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, it could definitely still get worse for Air Canada. Um, I'll let Braden talk a little bit, but the first thing I wanted to mention is a lot of people mentioned to me, oh, but you know, the Canadian government will never let them go bankrupt. Fair enough. I mean, I think it's, it's most likely the government won't let them go bankrupt, but at the same time, if the government gives a bailout to Air Canada, it's going to be filled with conditions. And most likely if they're injecting money, um, they're going to ask for equity in Air Canada. So what this means is if you're an existing shareholder and the government pours in billions of dollars to bail out Air Canada, well, you're going to be diluted. So yes, it's good. They're not going bankrupt. I totally agree with that. But at the same time, if they're diluting your shares, um, it may take you a lot of time to make that back just because of that sole thing that they did is diluting the the capital yeah good point i mean the bailout could ensue if, if this gets really ugly it really just depends on how long this lasts because no business can go without revenue for like 18 months a few can go without revenue for a few quarters air canada i don't know how many quarters they can go with basically not doing anything. They bought Air Transat earlier in 2019, and Air Transat today laid off 70% of the workforce, which is 3,700 employees as of recording this today on Monday, March 23rd. So uh, I'm sorry for all those who are facing this. You know, This is affecting people's lives, obviously, in a major way. So Air Canada is down from that peak we just talked about. 75% and here's my take okay I bought the stock way back in like 2015 I thought it was just extremely extremely undervalued held on to it for two years and a bit made a sweet return sold it at 30 bucks and then it mulched on to 50 while I looked like an absolute idiot uh, because I sold it too early. And here it is at 1270, and I think it could go to one. I don't know. I don't put price targets on, but be aware that that is possible. Hotels, airline, like the whole travel industry, those ones that need revenue to survive just like any other business, this is pretty tough. Like it could go very very low and if you want to pick it up me and simon talked about this earlier i mean hey contrarian pick it could get worse just be aware of that it could get worse before it gets a lot better and i look at this as i look at air canada's chart just falling off a cliff is this is a trade this isn't an investment. It's a speculative trade. It could be an investment from a contrary perspective if they get it together in terms of COVID basically you know, going away in the next six months, which 
a lot of us think that could happen and really hope that happens, you know, honestly. But it's just really tough to call this, you know, not a speculative trade at this point because there's so much uncertainty, so much uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen. And you got to time this thing if you want returns. So it's just not my style. I mean, you could do very well. I mean, say it marches back on up to 50 in eight months in a year. Uh, well, you're looking at a sweet 500% return. But this is a trade. You have to time it perfectly. And there is a lot of downside still at 1270. I don't have any really good insights beyond that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably how most people will look at it in terms of trade. Um, so just looking at their financial statements right now, so the one silver lining with Air Canada is they do have a decent amount of cash on the balance sheet. Um, obviously, they have substantial amounts of debt as well. Um, so you'd have to factor in the interest payments that they'll have to pay with uh, probably a drop in revenue of like 75-80% if not more at the bare minimum. So interest payments, make sure you factor that in if you're looking to invest into them. Um, the long-term debt, when is it coming due? Um, so that could create another problem for them. Um, so those are two big things. And when you look at the financial statements and you look at ratios, like, of course, it looks super cheap at like 3P or whatever <laughs> the price to earnings ratio is. But that's looking at the past 12 months. Right. So people have to keep that in mind. It's not so cheap if you barely have anything for revenues. And one of the other problems with it, even though they've reduced their costs a lot by laying it off a lot of people, and it's definitely unfortunate for those people, but it was probably necessary just to keep the business alive, is they won't be able to shed all their expenses, so they're going to be losing substantial amounts of money. Um, so that's that's why it's a risky pick. Um, last thing that people tend to forget is the pension liabilities of um of Air Canada. So they have defined benefits plans uh, for, I think they have several types of plans, but they do have defined benefits plans for its employees. So defined benefits is essentially a traditional pension where uh, the employer promises the uh, plan members or the employees a certain amount when they retire until they pass away most of the time based on a formula. Well, the problem with that is in order for the employer to fulfill those obligations is they have to make sure that the pension is properly funded. How do they do that? Well, usually they'll have it invested in a mix of fixed income and equities with the majority being in fixed income. Well, that's a bit of an issue right now because fixed income will give you such little interest um, so they probably won't be able to meet those obligations without injecting more money into the pension plan or making drastic changes to the future benefits of people making drastic changes could be a possibility but there's a lot of unionized employees at air canada so they'll need their agreement to be able to actually make those changes so that's something that's uh, definitely to keep an eye on because that uh, will most likely uh, cost a lot of money to Air Canada. That's a good point to bring up those liabilities that exist. I'm just looking at their income statement the last 10 years and the airline industry majorly changed in 2013 when they started to basically 
they turned from loss generating machines to profit generating machines in 2013 and 2014, not just Air Canada, like a lot of the North American airlines. And that's when they became very interesting investments, in my opinion. And they made, yeah, they went from losing 50 cents a share to gaining 35 cents a share. And from 2012 to 2014, all the way to $5.50 of earnings over the last 12 months with just a little over $19 billion in revenue. So if you were to do some math on just their income statement on what we said was probably safe that over the next foreseeable future, at least 80% of revenues down, at least it's got to be much more than that. And they can cut back on their sales general and administrative operating expensive expenses, which is good. Unfortunately, people will lose jobs. And then you look at the cost of goods sold, which, you know, their variable revenue, uh, variable expenses, the largest of that being fuel. So this gives me some optimism that their 14 billion cost of goods sold, most of that would be fuel. Like a lot, like a very large portion of their expenses, operating expenses is fuel. So it gives me some optimism when I look at these numbers that, okay, well, if they're not flying, a lot of that variable fuel expense will be zero as well. So I'd have to do some more research on, you know, basically how safe their balance sheet would be. But this gives me some optimism uh, over, you know, two business quarters, three business quarters. I just know that if this persists longer than that, knock on wood, hope it doesn't. This is deep, deep trouble for this company and deep, deep trouble for every company, not just Air Canada. Like, Every single company is being affected by this. So it's just, I go back to what what I'm sticking with. This is a trade and it is going to be very difficult to time. All right, you ready to switch gears? Yeah, one last thing before we switch. Uh, If I can add, if someone's looking to hold Air Canada for the long term, I would say wait and see how this uh, whole COVID-19 plays out just because you're better off, in my opinion, waiting a little too long than going uh, in too early if uh, bad news keeps coming and there is no, um, you know, it takes a while until there's a resolution and people start flying again. Absolutely. Uh, In the airline space, another side note, CAE is a dividend growth stock that always ranks very high on my model, uh, which is down significantly with the airline. They do the flight simulator training, and they have really big, big, big contracts with government and all these airlines. So they will come out of this as still that go-to solution, and a lot of pilots need to be trained up from a macro perspective long-term. So that's another contrarian pick to look at that, might have some less trouble in terms of immediate revenue over the COVID pandemic. So just something to consider. I don't own a position, disclaimer, but uh, a a company that I have had on my watch list for a long time. All right. So I got a question from my pal, Jack. Uh, 
young guy, just turned 18. I had a video chat with him the other day. His kid's uh, ready to get investing, and he, he's got his Questrade account set up with index ETFs. And today he asked me, why do you prefer a total market fund versus just the S&P? So the two iShares tickers would be XSP, which is the S&P 500, or XUU. And then the Vanguard inter- alternatives, I believe, would be VFV, which is the S&P, and then VUN, which is the total market. So basically, you're comparing the total U.S. stock market, which you're looking at around 2,000 stocks those ETFs typically hold, or the 500 in the S&P 500. So when you're comparing those, I'm saying I like that there is mid caps and small caps in the total market, and it has shown slightly, very slightly better performance over a long period of time. But seriously, do not waste a second stressing on the difference of them. And the reason for that is because the total market fund is still market cap weighted, which means the S&P 500, the big companies, are still going to have the largest portion of the total market fund. So since it's not equal weighted and it is market cap weighted, these two ETFs are almost identical, even though there's way more holdings in the total market fund because it's market cap weighted. So don't lose a wink of sleep over it. Pick the one that has the lower management expense ratio because if there's a difference in performance, we're talking about like 0.1% because mathematically, they're almost almost identical, even though the holdings are very different, if that makes sense. Simon, do you have a preference on which one you pick if you are to use broad market ETFs like those ones? Um, no, I mean, to me, it really depends what kind of exposure you want. Uh, that's probably the the most the easiest way to put it do you want like the 500 biggest companies uh well 500 some of the 500 <laughs> biggest companies it's just easier to say that i know yeah. the s&p has an yeah. actually selection process but yes yeah exactly but it's yeah that's an easy way to put it or do you want the total market including like Braden said small cap medium caps large caps so that's the question you'll need to ask yourself um I personally, I mean, I think they're both really good options. They're both really uh, low low fees, so you can't really go wrong with either of them. But if you're, especially if you're using Questrade and you have the option to um, to buy ETFs without uh, incurring any costs, I would recommend just do a little bit at a time. Hell, buy one share every day if you want for the next uh, 150 days whatever it is um you won't have extra commission so um i would say either way just make sure your dollar cost average yeah good point i mean there's no downside to dollar cost averaging often when you don't have commission fees you have to pay the ecn like the exchange what does the c stand for something c network for like a couple cents on each transaction when you're buying ETFs on Questrade. So really, there's it's basically zero, the commission. So there's no real downside to, you know, say you want to put in a couple hundred every week or whatever it is. Even if it's 50 bucks, you know, get one, two shares, who cares? 
there's no downside to doing that because you're not going to face that commission fee of $5 or the $10 with a lot of the other big banks. So yeah, I mean, may as well do it. But to answer your question, Jack, either one is a great option if you want to do broad market ETFs. You really can't go wrong. What Simon said, whatever you're more comfortable with, but at the end of the day, because they're market cap weighted, they are almost identical. Simon, how, you know, like when you check your brokerage account these days, how are you feeling? You getting excited or are you, are you getting starting to feel a little pessimistic? What's going on? Tell me. Uh, probably a mix of both emotions, I would say. <laughs> it depends on when. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, when whenever there's uncertainty, um, it's it's for sure not easy to invest because if it was, everyone would be investing right now, and obviously, everyone is not investing right now because there's more people selling than buying. That's why the the market is going down. Uh, but you have to keep in mind if there was certainty in the market. Let's say, and we were talking about this. Let's say. Halloween 2020, October 31st, um, we know there's a vaccine that's going to happen. It's already known. We know it's just going to be a six, seven months, a really hard period, but we know what's going to happen. So therefore, the market would most likely just price in this outcome. Right now, the issue with it is there's so much uncertainty. It's really hard to know where it's going to go, how bad it's going to be. Uh, but again, these are the type of situations where oftentimes you'll be able to find the best opportunities within the stock market, but it's just not easy. I mean, if it was, everyone would have a private island and be multimillionaire, right? Yeah, I mean, if if you could predict what was going to happen with global events or financial markets, well, you'd be the richest person on the entire earth. Uh, you'd be richer than Jeff Bezos because you could just make a couple massive trades over the course of 10 days and multiply your money. So the fact that you can't do that is exactly why the stock market has so much uncertainty. The world has a lot of uncertainty right now, man. Like this is this is just different. Like, like I, I mean, I'm using, I'm using the new slang, man. This is just hitting different, man. I, no one knows what's going on. Everyone's kind of just waiting and, and doing the right thing. Most people are doing the right thing, staying inside, looking after the people who are immunally compromised, looking after their older folks and their parents. So I think, Almost everyone gets it. I still see some people not getting it yet. And uh, Ontario just announced that at midnight tonight, non-essential services are being completely shut down, announced by the Conservative uh, Premier Doug Ford today that uh, starting at midnight, so they're announcing what the non-essential services are tomorrow. So yet to be seen. I just hope they don't shut down all the golf courses, man. Like, I can't think of a better isolation activity than playing 18 holes, but uh, that'll definitely get canceled. I'm, I'm just being a little selfish. The people who work there are definitely going to get exposed to people who need to go to the golf course. But, man, it's finally spring, and I want to play some golf.
Yeah, and I, I mean, totally agree with everything you said. And for like, please uh, do some social distancing. I've heard people, I've read online, they just think like, oh, I'm not showing any symptoms, I'm fine. Like people have not been doing research on this if they think that. You can be up to 14 days without any symptoms. A lot of younger people will get very mild symptoms. They might not even think it's that. Um, problem is, if you get into contact with someone that's vulnerable, uh, you might think you're fine. Then you go and see your parents that might be in their 50s or 60s. They're more at risk. And then you can potentially cause harm to those you love so you have to i know it's not an easy situation for everyone but um the quicker we do it the quicker we buckle down the faster this is going to to be for everyone so i mean that's the one thing i would say i still see especially younger people they'll think and i'm 34 so i'm not very at risk um but i just i get super frustrated um just honestly stop being selfish for those who think that that's probably my my rant right there yeah no it's it's definitely like everyone has to work together on this even though you don't come in contact with everyone with anyone or with at least the people you live with uh, uh, that would be the most so everyone's got to do their part which is just do nothing all right guys there is so much information out there on this so you know just follow what people are telling you to do everyone is saying just stay home that's all you got to do just stay home see it's real easy i'm gonna switch to the tip of the day which i think is very timely on what we're talking about which is that you are able to be heavily pessimistic about the stock market and financial markets in general and still be a aggressive net buyer in stocks you are allowed to be both things and this is my tip of the day is that i as one am very pessimistic about this the global economy right now it is very uncertain you know manufacturing is at a complete halt uh people are not going small business is getting absolutely crushed but you can still, like myself, be aggressively buying stocks because this is the time to buy businesses. And in six months from now, I might say they weren't on sale because that's how bad the economy was. But over the long term, I am very aggressively a net buyer of stocks, more so now than I ever have, even though I am aggressively pessimistic about the economy you can be both euro it's okay to think that the stock market is a questionable place for money right now and still be that long-term aggressive net buyer of stocks it's okay simon do you agree with that yeah, that, I mean, that comes back to what we were saying about uncertainty. Um, we really don't know where it's going right now. So we can be, you know, uh, you can be pessimistic about the economy as a whole and be buying stocks. Uh, I could be a bit more positive and still be buying stocks. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, you can make a case that the stock market is already pricing in like the worst case scenario. And right now is the bottom, but it could also get 
worse. So um, that's why I'm also buying stocks. I bought some more today. I'll probably buy a bit more this week. Um, just continue to dollar cost average, find some great businesses, get that cost lower. Um, and in the long term, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, it should play out pretty well for you. Absolutely. So guys, this time, you know, while you're staying home, could be a time to pick up side hustle. I'm going to I'm going to hit back on this because I think it's important. Do things that you've never been able to do because you didn't have enough time. Now is the time, you know, you don't have to marathon 17 shows on Netflix. You know, it could be time to pick up a new skill. I've recently picked up web development. I'm learning JavaScript and all the other languages for web development. And it feels good, man. Just pick up something. And if you really want to reach out to me, Braden at stratosphereinvesting.com, send me an email if you're interested in writing. I got to give a shout out to a guy named Cade, Cade Seaton out in Edmonton. Uh, he has been writing some really awesome content for the blog. Young kid, just wants to learn. And uh, if that's what you want to do, hit me up. Absolutely. All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Go to GetStockMarket.com. I recently added a ton of U.S. stocks in there as well because there's been a really nice pullback in the market on expensive, big, large-cap stocks that I think are very attractive in the U.S. right now that I always thought were really expensive. I added them to the list on GetStockMarket.com. So head over there now, enter in your email, boom, I send you the list, and there you go. All right, everyone, stay safe. Stay inside. It's all you got to do. Pick up a new skill, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. The Canadian investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simone may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Canadian Investor. To get a list of the top Canadian dividend stocks right now and other valuable investing resources, go to GetStockMarket.com.